Welcome to the Hooked on Fantasy Podcast with your host, Luke Sawhook. Yo, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Hooked on Fantasy Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Luke Sawhook. Thank you so much for tuning in. To another episode of Hooked on Fantasy, I really appreciate it. Make sure you catch the show live now on Twitter Spaces every Tuesday and Thursday night with a bonus episode on Saturday afternoons, breaking down the colored leagues and the Sawhook showdown for everyone who plays in those fantasy football leagues. I would love to see you guys come out and show some love on those episodes. But tonight we are going to be talking about Aaron Rodgers uh, and his darkness retreat, first and foremost. Uh, we have some a little bit of a franchise tag, uh, free agency preview, if you will. And some fun news about myself and the NFL Combine. Uh, let's get right into it. Let's jump into some news and notes from around the league. All right, so some unfortunate news out of Denver today. Uh, young running back, young star running back, I should say, in fantasy football. And uh, definitely a guy who seemed like he had a bright future going. And, you know, I'm not saying he can't in the future, but Definitely put the damper on things. Javante Williams, uh, star running back for the Denver Broncos, suffered a pretty rough knee injury towards the end of the season last year. Uh, looks like, unfortunately, that uh, there's news coming out today that with the severity of the knee injury that was suffered, Javante Williams is going to be out, uh, quote, well into the 2023 NFL season, which obviously is horrible news for fantasy football. Um, in my opinion, this feels kind of similar to what happened with J.K. Dobbins this past year for the Baltimore Ravens. You have a younger running back who, you know, suffers a pretty brutal knee injury and is out a substantial amount of time into the year. I mean, I believe J.K. Dobbins didn't miss that much time to start the season, but then he re-aggravated the knee and was out a bit longer. Towards the end of the year, you know, J.K. Dobbins is actually a pretty solid fantasy running back. He put together some pretty good games for fantasy football. Um, pretty solid rushing performances all around. Honestly, he had some multiple 100-yard-plus rushing games on the ground, I believe. Um, but, you know, still, the injury certainly put a damper on things with J.K. Dobbins this season in fantasy football as far as his year-long, you know, outlook. And if you look back on his season, you know, things are obviously a bit murky there. But you know, let's, get, let's get into Javante Williams and how this impacts his situation. I think the biggest piece of this news to me shows that the Denver Broncos are likely going to be forced to address the running back situation this offseason, which is horrible news for Javante Williams' stock. Um, you know, this is a guy who was pegged as a top three, top five dynasty running back just a year or two ago. Um, and, you know, now he's going to be forced into a situation where they're going to bring in more, even more competition into Denver. The first two years of Javante Williams' career in Denver have been plagued by being the backup or, you know, not necessarily being, quote-unquote, the guy. Uh, with Melvin Gordon in town. Now that Melvin Gordon finally is out of the way in Denver, Javante Williams unfortunately suffers that ACL injury. And now with him being out, quote, likely, you know, well into the season, they're going to be forced to look at either some veteran options or, or draft somebody in the in the middle of the early rounds. I think I would be pretty surprised if they didn't get somebody in free agency that they waited past round four to draft a running back. I don't think we're talking like Bijan Robinson level maybe not even second-round level draft capital for running back from Denver. Uh, but I definitely would not be surprised if they brought in somebody because they're going to need some help heading into the year uh, with that running back room. So the news of Javante Williams really sucks. Hopefully he has a very quick recovery, and I'm wishing him uh, the best in getting back on the field soon. Um, but let's get into some more running back news here with DeAndre Swift 
report coming out today from NBC, NBC Sports Edge on Twitter, uh, an article saying that the future for DeAndre Swift in Detroit may be uncertain. Um, is this the most expected news in the world? Um, not necessarily. Am I surprised? Um, also not necessarily. Uh, I, I think this is a move. Well, it's not even an official thing, right? This is kind of just media conspiracies. Um, but I think it makes sense. Uh, you know, obviously he's been a bit of a disappointment for Detroit in his ability to stay healthy and be on the field and be that kind of three down back that he was drafted to be for Detroit. But I still believe the ability is there for DeAndre Swift at a very, very high level. We saw at the beginning of last season, even before he started to get injured and Jamal Williams started going nuclear, um, you know, the ability is absolutely still there. Uh, you know, he was a fantastic running back, uber, uber efficient on low carries. He was putting up 100 plus yard games. And, I, you know, I've just been really impressed with his workload. Uh, sorry, his uh, his skill set still to this point in his career, even with all these injuries. I mean, he's still a young running back, right? And I think while, you know, the future of him may be a little uncertain, he still has another year uh, before he starts worrying about contracts, if I'm not mistaken. I believe this is going to be his third season is heading into this coming year. Uh, he has four years under contract in Detroit at a minimum. So um, we'll, we'll see him, I think, play his contract out in Detroit. I think it would be foolish for them to move on from Swift. Uh, you know, what the thing they have going right now with Swift and Williams is working pretty well for Detroit. I think we all can agree on that. We think that, you know, for fantasy football perspective, um, you know, Jamal Williams can definitely be a bit of a nuisance and a pest, but he was a touchdown machine. I think he might be a bit of a landmine for some fantasy managers next season, looking at those touchdown numbers, remembering how good he was for fantasy last year. Um, you know, I, I definitely don't <laughs> anticipate Jamal Williams breaking Barry Sanders all time, you know, single season rushing touchdown record for the Detroit Lions again anytime soon. Um, so with all that being said, I, I believe that we see, um, you know, DeAndre Swift hopefully step into a decently sized workload in Detroit again next year. Uh, but I would be shocked if they moved on with from him uh, before the end of the 2024 season. So that is going to do it for news and notes from around the league. Let's get into some more of the the meat and potatoes of today's episode, talking about Aaron Rodgers and his darkness retreat. Let's get into it. Okay. Listen, we all know that Aaron Rodgers is kind of a peculiar guy, right? But this darkness retreat thing is kind of crazy. I, I don't I really don't get it. There's been images of the the, um, the establishment that he was at online. After reports are, I believe the guy who owned the Darkness Retreat, the cave place that Rogers stayed in, um, you know, reported that Rogers' retreat was over, probably because he knew because he owned the place and knew that he was coming out. Um, I think it actually looked kind of cozy. You can find it on the internet if you look it up, but it looks pretty nice, man. And you know, there's a bed in there, there's a bathroom. It's just dark. That's the only thing. But the little like cave with like the snow around it looks very peaceful. But we're not here to talk about the darkness retreat. We're here, we're here to talk about him coming out of the darkness retreat and what it means for his NFL future. Uh, you know, in the near future, uh, in the near future here. Um, you know, Rogers has been a very tentative guy when it comes to his his future in the NFL. You know, whether he's all in or all out on playing for multiple more seasons, or if he wants to just play, you know, one more year, or maybe even hang up the cleats now. Uh, and even if he comes back, it, it's very uncertain as to where he will end up. You know, there's definitely some teams who have expressed a lot of interest in Rodgers. Um, you know, I'm definitely not ruling out a return to Green Bay, but I think if you look at his suitors uh, and, and, you know, kind of the murmurs coming out of Green Bay and from Rodgers' camp, and it, it seems like the relationship from Rodgers and the team 
uh, is not in a great spot right now, and understandably so, in my opinion. They've done a horrible job of putting together a team around Rodgers, in my opinion, on the offensive side of the ball. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are a nice one-two combo. But outside of Christian Watson's emergence later in the season this year, I mean, it, this is a very, very lackluster group of uh, you know weapons in Green Bay. And I, I think that if you look back on you know years in the past in draft classes where the one that particularly comes to mind is where the, the Packers traded up in the first round to draft Jordan Love, backup quarterback, who has now been sitting for two or three full seasons, I believe, three full seasons. Um, you know, I think you got to really be frustrated if you're Aaron Rodgers, especially with the quality receivers that were still on the board there in that draft class. They could have had T. Higgins. To put that into perspective for a second, imagine if for the last two or three years, Aaron Rodgers had Devontae Adams and T. Higgins in Green Bay. Because let's be honest, I don't think Devontae Adams would have won and out of that team in Green Bay if he knew Aaron Rodgers was happy and knew Aaron Rodgers was committed to the future. And I think the only reason that he wasn't, Devontae, wasn't able to commit long-term is because Rodgers wasn't happy. I think Rodgers would have been much more happy with the organization if they drafted T. Higgins, let's say, right, in this hypothetical scenario. I only think that the reasons that, you know, Rodgers is wanting out of Green Bay or, you know, the tensions have been high the last couple of years is because of the lack of investment that they've made for Rodgers on the offensive side of the football. I think if you give him the T. Higgins quality guy in the draft instead of drafting Jordan Love, I don't think any of this situation would be happening right now. I think Rodgers would still be content in Lambeau and he wouldn't want out. But if he does leave, where would he be heading? I think there's two teams that have been linked to him heavily, uh, you know, in the media. I think they're definitely the two favorites. And I think they both make a lot of sense. Uh, you know, first up, I think we have the team that I would say is kind of in second place, in my opinion, if I were Aaron Rodgers and where I would want to play, and that's Las Vegas. Um, you know, I don't think they're just in a better spot to compete right now and win than his other team, uh, which is going to be the New York Jets. So, you know, with both those teams out there trying to get Rodgers – Let's think long and hard about the situation for both these teams, right? If they both land Aaron Rodgers, who would, who would perform better? Um, I think it's definitely, without a doubt in my mind, the New York Jets. The Raiders have a strong offense, right? I mean, Josh Jacobs is going to be a free agent this offseason after they decided foolishly to not pick up his fifth-year option, uh, which is a, a pretty big mistake. Um, I think that was a huge misstep for the Raiders. Uh, by not picking up Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent this year. Obviously, he's not going to get a ton of money because, you know, the running back landscape in the NFL these days, you know, not a lot of guys are getting that premium money. And I think we've seen NFL executives learn a bit more um, that, you know, you don't have to pay these top guys to win Super Bowls. I mean, there's been a lot of really cheap running back, you know, running back by committees and single running backs that have won Super Bowls over the past few seasons. So I think it'd be foolish for uh, the Raiders to give Josh Jacobs a big money extension. I don't think a lot of people are expecting that either. I think the organization made it pretty clear how they feel about Jacobs this past offseason, where they declined his fifth-year player option – or, sorry, team option. Excuse me. And they also drafted Zamir White out of Georgia in the middle rounds last year. White didn't have a, nearly as big of a role as people kind of anticipated him to this year, including myself. Um, but I, I would be pretty surprised if Jacobs returned to Las Vegas on more than a one-year deal. Um, and I bet it'll be a pretty team-friendly deal, if anything, if he does come back. But, you know, all that, you know, Josh Jacobs aside, what else do the Raiders have, right? The Raiders Devonte Devontae Adams. They have Darren Waller. 
Uh, they have Hunter Renfro. They definitely have some nice pieces on offense in the passing attack. And would Rodgers want to play with Devontae Adams again and with better weapons than he had in Green Bay? Uh, you know, absolutely, right? I mean, I think I think everyone knows that he definitely wants to play, uh, you know, with his, his boy, Devontae Adams. But the thing is, that defense is unbelievably weak. You know, that defense is unbelievably weak there in Vegas. You know, that is definitely the piece that they're missing right now on that side of the ball. I mean, they have Max Crosby. They have Chandler Jones, who was pretty disappointing for them this season, I would say. Um, but that secondary and linebacking court is just filled with holes. They have a lot of needs on the defensive side of the ball. And I think they are in much worse shape to be a quote-unquote contender right now, uh, with even with Aaron Rodgers on the roster. And then you, if you look at the division as well, right, that's the AFC West you would be going to, okay? I mean, we all know how loaded it was supposed to be on paper this year. Um, but, you know, even next year, let, let's not even talk about any of the other teams. You're in the same division with the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, that is not easy at all. Um, and, you know, also, you know, you got the Chargers and you have the Broncos with new coach Sean Payton. I mean, that's a very, very difficult division. And in general, the AFC is just a very general, a difficult conference. And not saying that the Jets, obviously, they're also in the AFC. But I think their division is weaker than the AFC West. But it's, it's really not that much weaker. Uh, I think the only difference, I believe the Broncos are going to be better than the Patriots next year. I'm not sure if that's a hot take. Uh, but I, just don't, I don't see the Patriots being more than a around 500 team next season. Um, but I think we all can agree that the uh, the Raiders – oh, sorry, excuse me. The Broncos have a higher ceiling than the Patriots do next year. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously, right, we know they struggled this past year, but that defense is still number one in football all season long. You know, uh, if Russell Wilson can figure it out and this offense can figure it out with Sean Payton, which I feel pretty confident that they can, um, I think that this is going to be a really dynamite division next season in the AFC West. So if I were Aaron Rodgers, I think the AFC East is also a more compelling division. Uh, you know, there's question marks with Tua in Miami, although Miami has a fantastic roster and a fantastic team. Uh, you know, if you look over at the Bills in Buffalo, I mean, they're a good team, but are they better than the Chiefs? I don't think so, right? We saw that in the playoffs this year. Uh, the Bills did not look superhuman like they did in the regular season to start the year. You know, they looked very human in the playoffs. Josh Allen's elbow injuries, a little bit of uncertainty there. I'm sure we'll get it fixed up in the offseason, but still, it's something. You know, it's something. But the biggest thing for me, with the differentiating factors between the Jets and the Raiders for Aaron Rodgers, is going to be the defense. I already mentioned this a little bit, but the Raiders' defense is just nowhere near as good as the Jets. The Jets have Sauce Gardner, and they have Quinn Williams, and they have some other fantastic corners and other defensive players that are fantastic. That unit is very, very good. Uh, you know, I think the Jets defense is a team that if you give, you know, Aaron Rodgers the keys on the other side of the ball with Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore and Brees Hall and Michael Carter and all those playmakers that they have in New York right now, I think they have a very underrated slew of weapons there. Um, I think this team's easily going to make the playoffs. You know, I mean, obviously that's the expectation when you go out and get a guy like Aaron Rodgers on your team. But I think the New York Jets are very capable of making a playoff push pretty deep. And also for fantasy football perspective, you know, I think that Aaron Rodgers immediately elevates Garrett Wilson into a top 10, maybe even top five fantasy football wide receiver candidate. You know, Wilson was phenomenal this past year with very, very poor quarterback play with Zach Wilson and Mike White and company. You know, that is a <laughs> bare bones QB room and QB situation there in New York this past year. Give Garrett Wilson and give Elijah Moore and give Brees Hall this elite quarterback play is, you know, arguably one of the most talented quarterbacks, if not the most talented quarterback of all time 
on a game-to-game basis in Aaron Rodgers. And this Jets team is going to do something. I think they have a lot of firepower on offense. Um, and I think they're going to impress Aaron Rodgers if, they, if Aaron Rodgers does come to New York. All right, that's all I have on the Aaron Rodgers news front. Very excited to see what his future holds in the NFL. He's going to be making a decision hopefully somewhat soon on his status of if he's retiring, if he's coming back and playing somewhere. I don't think he's ready to hang it up yet, especially after this dissatisfying season in Green Bay with a broken thumb, uh, you know, barely getting bumped out of the playoffs by the Detroit Lions in the end of the season. Uh, I think he wants to prove something. I think he wants to have a bit of a Tom Brady-like final act of his career, going to a new team and try to win a Super Bowl that I think would be very, very exciting to see. All right, let's talk free agency and franchise tag preview. Let's get into it. Free agency is right around the corner, my friends, and the franchise tag window, I believe, is officially opened uh, in the league right now. Let's rapid fire real quick some players that I think could see the franchise tag that are fantasy relevant. I think the two major ones we have to keep our eyes on here are going to be Lamar Jackson, quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. Whether it's going to be in Baltimore or on another team, I think he's going to get the tag. I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a, a future at all uh, where Lamar Jackson walks in free agency. You know, if the Baltimore Ravens have anything to say in this situation, I think at a minimum we're going to see Lamar Jackson be involved in a tag and trade kind of situation. I think I would be stunned if they let him walk in free agency. That would be one of the most uh, – infamous blunders an NFL franchise has ever made with a with a superstar quarterback like Lamar Jackson and from a fantasy perspective you know do we want to see him stay in Baltimore do we want to see him go somewhere else I think the answer is we want to see him go somewhere else quite frankly I mean I know Greg Roman is now gone in Baltimore and that's a big difference uh for this team and for this offense but I think we could see him play a lot better for fantasy in a place like Atlanta where you see a true emergence of a star wide receiver one and for the future in Drake London and you have a Mark Andrews level talent, raw talent. We haven't seen him be utilized at the level yet. Uh, comparable to Mark Andrews and Kyle Pitts. You know, and that rushing game, is, I think, is on par with Baltimore's. Especially if you add Lamar Jackson into the mix there. I mean, Baltimore has, uh, you know, a pretty injury riddled J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards at this point in that backfield. But if you look over at Atlanta, they had Tyler Algier, who had a very sneaky, good 1,000-yard rushing rookie season. They're going to bring in some more veteran help. But right now they have Cordero Patterson on their roster as well. And Lamar Jackson obviously adds a, a second dimension to that rushing game entirely. Um, so I think that's a pretty underrated aspect of Atlanta. I think they, again, though, Drake London and Kyle Pitts would certainly level up Lamar Jackson's game through the air. And I think that would be something I'd be very interested in seeing. But if he's in Baltimore, I think we can still expect him to be another, you know, top five, top eight at a minimum fantasy quarterback next season. The new offensive coordinator should hopefully bring a sense of identity change to the Ravens team that has definitely been searching for one of late. I, I think that, you know, their their run first style under Greg Roman got kind of stale in the NFL. And I think that the coaching staff and certainly the wide receivers are getting tired of this narrative that they don't throw the ball in Baltimore. And I think they want to move on to a, a newer system um, where, you know, they, they are able to spread the ball out more. I believe their new offensive staff said they want to get the ball in space more. It's now about a space game. And I think it's a big step in the right direction for this team. Um, so very excited to see what Lamar Jackson's future holds. But I do expect a franchise tag coming sooner rather than later on Lamar Jackson. I'd be very, very surprised if that does not get done at some point. And then the second player I think is likely going to be franchise tag. It's been rumored for a little while now. It's going to be Tony Pollard. Uh, running back for the Dallas Cowboys. 
do I think it's a smart move for the Cowboys organization? Uh, absolutely not. I think it's very, very foolish to spend that much money on the running back position when you look at Zeke and Pollard's contracts combined. There's been reports coming out of Dallas saying that Zeke is willing to take a team-friendly deal, which, you know, you better be. Uh, <laughs> he's looking like a shell of himself on the field recently. He's have that touchdown production still. He's not looking washed-washed yet. Like, he's definitely so capable of being an NFL running back. Um, but he's not Ezekiel Elliott anymore in his prime, unfortunately. You know, we, you know, we love Zeke. He was great for a long time. Uh, but Tony Pollard took the keys this year in this Dallas backfield. But the thing I don't understand is I think if you've got to keep one of those running backs, you got to let the other go. I think if you keep Zeke, you got to let go of Pollard. Or if you want to keep Pollard, you got to let go of Zeke. And I, I just truly don't understand the choice to franchise tag him. That's a very expensive contract to give a running back. Um, I think if I were Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys, I would let Zeke and Pollard go and then focus on drafting Bijan Robinson. Um, that's just me, though. I know it's a little bit out there, but I think it's the best bang for your buck, and I think you're going to get that elite running back production that they're looking for once again in Dallas. Um, but it's good news for Tony Pollard for fantasy, and that's what we're here mostly to talk about, right? Um, he looked great this year for Dallas. He was a fantastic fantasy asset. He had some really, really big blow-up games for Dallas this year. I think it's going to be a sign of things to come. I don't know if he's going to be a top five running back next season. Uh, but, you know, if it's going to be Zeke and Pollard again in Dallas this coming year, I would be happy to draft Pollard in like the third or fourth round. Uh, I think he's a guy who could really, really benefit your team if you start off with a wide receiver or tight end heavy draft. Uh, get Tony Pollard in the middle to early rounds, and I think he'd be a great value coming uh, come redraft time next year. Uh, as far as other franchise tag players go on offense, I don't think we're going to see any huge fantasy-relevant players get the tag aside of outside of Pollard and Lamar Jackson right now. Obviously, things are going to change very quickly. It's the nature of the NFL. You know, the landscape changes very, very, very frequently and very often, but that's what I'm expecting right now. And lastly, uh, some pretty exciting news for myself here about the NFL Combine. Uh, I received a, approval for my event credentials for media for the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis next week. I'm going to be there, boots on the ground, uh, hopefully getting to interview some really uh, amazing people, some some staffers from the NFL uh, teams and some future NFL players, some draft prospects too. Uh, really looking forward to seeing everybody run and do all these combine drills in person. I think it's going to be an incredible experience. And I'm very excited to cover this event and uh, bring you guys some insider info on what's going on in Indy this year. So that'll do it for this episode of Hooked on Fantasy. I hope you guys enjoyed Hope you have a fantastic year. Uh, fantastic year. Well, we'll go with that. Who cares about a fantastic day? Have a fantastic year. And I'll see you on Saturday for the bonus episode. Much love. Have a great day, everybody. Goodbye.